What's the big deal, deal? Where can you get pizza, bread twists, specialty chicken, and more for just $5.99 each? Is it at Domino's? He hands off hand-tossed pizza and a marble cookie brownie. He's going, going, going! There's a lot of variety on the radio and at Domino's, too, where you can... Two item minimum pan pizza, bone and wings, and bread bowls will be extra. Ask for this limited time offer. Prices, participation, delivery area, and charges may vary. How do you keep your family healthy this season when it feels like everyone around you is getting sick? I use Sambacol. It's drug-free and scientifically tested to help support your immunity. Sambacol has the power of black elderberry in every purple bottle. It comes in tablets, syrup, chewables, or my kids' favorite, the great-tasting gummies. So this cold and flu season, support your family's immunity with Sambacol Black Elderberry. It's the only one I trust for my family. And best of all, my kids love it too. Straight Talk Faithful, your host, George McKay, in the building, and this is officially episode 100. Moment of silence right there. I had to soak that in. This is crazy. Uh, we're going on two years. It'll be two years, I believe, September 14th, so about a week after this drops. And man, it's been a pretty surreal experience. I want to take the time to shed some light on some stuff, thank some people, uh, guests, yourselves. Um, my former co-host, we'll get into that in a minute or two, but I really just want to take the time out right now to officially start this episode off with a thank you to all of you. That's the straight talk faithful. That's the fan base of the show. Uh, I appreciate you. I've appreciated you from day one when we started off getting nine, 10 listens an episode to now we're at the 30 to 40 range per episode. Uh, we've revamped, we've changed things. I've changed things. I tried to find myself when I was with my former co-host. We tried to find each other in this groove of what we were doing here and to try to figure out where we would fit in in this awesome world of podcasting. And um, for an individual like myself and bringing in, you know, Steve and Michelle, it was uh, a learning experience for all three of us. Uh, it was a learning experience for me because I'd never done something like this before. So the research put in and stuff like that. And, and you guys have literally, those of you who have been down since day one, thank you. Those of you that came on whatever episode you decided to tune in and give us, myself included, your time, I appreciate it. I appreciate it from day one. Anybody that's bought our merchandise, thank you. Anybody that's been thinking about buying the merchandise but hasn't done that yet, it's all right. I still say thank you in advance. And um, yeah, just thank you because it's been a great experience. It's been a lot of fun. And uh, I'm not stopping. I've been blessed to interview some great legends. Uh, Tommy Dreamer, Barry Horowitz, Fred Ottman. Uh, I've been honored to interview some up-and-coming talents. So many up-and-coming talents from people, you know, a year or two in to people who are uh, four or five years in to people who are 10 plus years in. 
Uh, I've had the ability to interview the likes of Tyson Dukes, Lionel Knight, Black Lavender, Justin Sane, uh, Anthony Corelli, Bianca Corelli. Uh, the list goes on and on. One of my close personal friends, Aiden Prince, uh, Holden Pro, uh, Ben Ortmans, who also runs Crossbody Pro Wrestling, who I'm affiliated with and have had the honor to do commentary once or twice for. And uh, that's another huge bucket list moment checked off for me. Uh, this was kind of always the goal. I always prided myself on having a great radio voice and um, I wanted to utilize it. And in hindsight, this these last two years have been a blessing. A lot of work, a lot of stress, <laughs> a lot of sleepless nights, but um, it's paid dividends and dues so far. And that's in no small part thanks to all the amazing guests we've had on this show all the guests we will continue to have on the show and all the great content we will try to bring you week in and week out. And I hope it keeps growing. I hope you keep loving what I'm doing and I hope you love from where we started to where we are now. And in no small, no small part, I have to thank uh, two members of the, the Holy Trinity, the Holy triad, if you will, uh, tripod, however you want to call us the trifecta. Uh, Steve D'Animal Mitchell and Michelle Arujo, The Voice. Without this show um, and them starting it with me, I don't think it would have got the traction that it did. And that's because of their fantastic opinions, their inputs. Uh, you know, we had some brainstorming sessions where things ended up positively. We had some brainstorming sessions where things ended negatively. Uh, we had some, you know, arguments behind closed doors and disagreements because of passion of what we all thought, where we thought the show should go. And um, they're still two of my closest friends. Uh, it's been a crazy schedule, so we haven't really talked or hung out as much as I would like to. But um, I appreciate both of them starting this journey with me. And I want to put this on record now that the show wouldn't be where it is today without them. Their input in some of my earlier bumps in the road uh when we were doing our um our faction episode and i started calling it fraction i look back at that and i laugh now and um same thing with uh dave Meltzer. i would say dave metzler it was just uh, a complete nightmare uh all around just because i rush sometimes when i speak and i speak really fast and uh you know what i look back in hindsight at those things and i laugh now at the time when they were brought to my attention, like most people, I got a little self-conscious, a little upset, a little angry. Uh, but uh, in hindsight, I look back at it and this show wouldn't be where it is today without those two starting it with me. And uh, that's the truth. And some of you may have questioned why, you know, when Michelle parted ways from the show, there was no shout out to her. And when Steve and I parted ways, there was no shout out to him. It's because nobody got fired. Nobody got let go. There was no bad blood at the time. It was just a matter of, of scheduling differences and um, scheduling conflicts. And sometimes some of us taking on more than the others in, in fair shape and form. And it became a point where um, a lot of it got blurred. And our friendship got blurred because when we would hang out, all we would do was talk about the show. And that's not cool for anybody. The show is the show and it's great and it's passion and it's what we, we love to do because we all love wrestling and we love talking about wrestling. But when you're hanging out with your friends, sometimes it's okay to put that stuff on the back burner. And I guess in hindsight, we never really learned how to do that. So, um, but yeah, the reason why there was no shout outs, no best of luck messages on any of the social feeds 
was because there was no need to say goodbye because the door is always open. The original idea for episode 100 was to have the three of us come together uh, live on a Friday we hadn't done in months and go through some of the episodes and find our favorite clips or our favorite moments that each of us had had. And it just became a, a course of interview after interview after interview, getting stuff pushed back because when a wrestler chooses to give you the time, you have to honor that. You have to honor the time and you have to meet them sometimes anywhere, any time of day, any format. And a lot of them are gracious enough to work around my schedule and me in the same way. But when you get a chance to interview these great up and coming talents or these legends, you have to kind of do it when it happens. It's got to be a snap of the finger, kind of game time decision. And the more interviews I kept getting, I kept banking, that particular episode idea had to get pushed to the back burner. And it just so happened that I was able to finally land an interview with uh, Alicia Altut, which um, was epic. And I was honored to sit down and talk with her. I was honored that she gave me the time, which was about a half an hour. And the interview was a whole lot of fun. And it's somebody that I had been, you know, going after and pursuing for a while to get on the show because I felt that it would be a great conversation. It would be a lot of fun to talk to her. And it was. I had a blast with this interview, as I do with every interview, because I'm just that damn passionate. And um, so it kind of became, a, okay, well, I have this great talent, and I'm going to showcase her for the 100. Not to sugarcoat it around anybody else, but I just felt, especially being on the heels of All Out, this was a perfect time to let this interview drop. We actually recorded this interview about two weeks ago, uh, so mid to late August. Uh, before it dropped and um, I've been promoting it all week and now it's here for you in your entirety so um, look forward to that at the end of the episode and again uh, I can't thank everyone enough for the time that they've done for this little idea that's kind of steamrolled into this passion project that steamrolled into kind of myself weaving through a lot of life's problems to follow my dreams and it's been a lot of fun been a wrestling fan from day one. You've all heard the stories. I don't have to go back into any detail. And um, just to be able to interview and talk to who I've talked to about wrestling, uh, about everything, it's been incredible. I mean, the first kind of big interview we had which was with George the Iceman back last October uh, 2018. And that kind of got us hooked up and affiliated with Destiny, which has been a crazy wild wide. And they were so welcoming into opening up the doors to some of their talent or allowing us to kind of maneuver and, and have interviews on the days of shows. George has been a fantastic friend and colleague. And I want to take the time to shout him out because he deserves that for everything, all the hustle he's doing. And the fact that he literally takes the time to still answer the occasional, you know, Facebook message or text message from myself because I know he's ridiculously busy. And the events he puts on are fantastic. That's why I promote the hell out of them because they deserve to be promoted and highlighted so people know the great scene that we have here. And that's kind of what the show turned out to be. It turned out to be from a couple people shooting the breeze about wrestling to concept episodes, you know, superstar profiles and stuff like that, to just highlighting the amazing talent that we have here. And the 100 was a great ride. It's been a fantastic, very humbling, very blessed experience. But the next 100 are going to get even better. I would love to highlight to you who the next couple episodes are, but I'm not going to do that because you guys just know how it is right now. you got to follow the socials on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, and you have to just wait until you see who it is. Usually drop a hint on Monday, tighten it up on Wednesday, and the episode eventually drops on Friday. So, again, I, I couldn't thank enough the people that have given us the time, uh, given myself the time, you know, with Stephen Michelle, after Stephen Michelle, 
to do that. And again, to Steve and Michelle, if you are listening to this one, I appreciate you guys for starting this with me. I appreciate you, you know, letting me kind of take the reins on this one. And when we realized that it was kind of just the way the road was maneuvering, the fact that I was doing all the interviews and stuff like that, and it's no shot or anything against you guys. And like I said, this is the truth. I hope you are listening because anytime you want to come back, you're welcome back. You're welcome back for us to do an episode here or there. And um, yeah, that's why there was no shout outs on any social media stuff because this, that was never a goodbye. It was always just a, I'll see you later or I'll see you down the road kind of thing. We would always link up. So in terms of that awesome, you know, anniversary episode, I'm probably going to end up pushing that back to 150 only because it's going to take some time to comb through all that footage. I've combed through a few episodes, found a few clips, but there are literally a hundred episodes to go through. And by the time that episode rolls around, there's going to be another 49 more on top of that to go through and figure out the best moments and clips. But that anniversary episode will happen. Who knows? It may happen a little bit earlier than 150, but right now it's just, it's been an absolute blessing for every one of the talents, the great wrestlers, the legends, future stars, current stars that I've had the ability to speak to. And um, I'm blessed. I'm blessed to consider most of these individuals friends now. People that I go to a show and we talk, we shoot the shit, and some of them have in my contact and my personal phone, and it's a blessing. These people are fantastic, and I was honored to be able to highlight their talents to some people out there who may have not known. And again, to you, the fan base, I can't thank you enough for all your support. I hope to continue to grow, take new fans on, and yeah, that's really it. Straight Talk Wrestling is in full effect. I am honored and humbled at all the traction, all the comments, all the fan bases that we've had, uh, how it's grown, over 1,000 followers on Facebook, close to 300 on Instagram, and just hit 100 on Twitter. That one was a hard one to crack. (laughs) That one was a hard one to crack, but traction is finally growing. And that's because word is getting out there. People are loving what we started doing, the three of us, to what I am doing now. And I can't thank you guys enough. I can't thank... Again, I could could just say thank you all day long. This could be literally an episode of me saying thank you, thank you, thank you. But it's the truth. I do also want to take the time to thank out many hosts, my daughter, Sandra, who comes to me with some of the events from time to time. And when I'm not sure about something, you know, that wonderful kid spirit, she just keeps me motivated. And she helps me, you know, push forward. And my wife, who Sasha, a.k.a. Mrs. Host, who's been just an incredible, incredible support system. When all kinds of things didn't seem like they were going to work out, she found a way to keep me motivated and uh, push forward. And it's been a blessing. And to all those wrestlers that I've interviewed, thank you. To all those wrestlers that I haven't interviewed yet, but I will get you guys on the show. And you know who you are. You know who you are. If you do listen to the show on a regular, I've been going at you guys on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and DMs and all that kind of stuff. Trying to find some time. Schedules are looking like they're eventually going to link up. So the next crop of interviews that I have planned are just going to be stellar and going to be some of the best interviews that we've had on the show thus far. And that's not taken away from anybody else because every interview that we've had literally to me has been my favorite. There's not one interview I can't go back and listen to and think, man, that was great. Um, From the ring announcers that we interviewed to uh, Jeffrey Cole from Shooting the Indies, who does all the photography for most of the Ontario Indy scene and abroad. Uh, I'm not going to shorten his belt. And congrats to you, Jeff, if you're listening to this one, because you just announced your, um, you and your wife are expecting. That's incredible. Congratulations again from me and from all the Straight Talk faithful, I'm sure. And, um, you know, to everybody else, like Lionel Knight, an awesome veteran, took the time out to sit down with us, 
Holden Albright took the time to sit down with us. Madman Fulton from Impact Wrestling who took the time to sit down with us. Josh Alexander, the walking weapon, who was one of our first interviews. So gracious, amazing guy, uh, gorgeous family, uh, working on Impact now full time. So happy to be the one to kind of break the internet news on that of him getting signed to Impact. And uh, Aiden Prince, who is just uh, one of the most fantastic individuals I've ever met in my entire life. The Bubblegum Princess, Alexia Nicole, just an amazing, amazing person. Ben Ortman's from Crossbody, who I'm also affiliated, much like George, uh, George the Iceman from Destiny. Just a fantastic gentleman. Uh, Gabriel Fuerza, Von Vertigo. There's been so many. The list can go on and on and on. And if, I, if I've left anybody out off the table, I apologize. Every interview was special. Every interview was something great. And every interview was a memory I'll look back on fondly. I, I can't say enough about how blessed I have been to who I've been able to speak to and how much fun it's been. And the ride's not over, I can guarantee you. I'm not stopping for a while. So that's it for me right now. I'm going to drop the interview with Alicia in a few seconds. But I want to take the time out again to say thank you to everyone who's supported this show from day one. And anybody that hasn't supported and maybe you're tuning in for the first time, welcome. Thank you for listening. As always, I'm your host, George Wakai. Thank you so much for listening. And now, without further ado, here is my one-on-one, me, interviewing the interview queen, Alicia Toot. Thank you guys so much. Don't forget to tune in next week. All right, guys. I'm here in the studio. Very excited. I can't explain how excited I am to be talking to this person today. She is absolutely amazing at everything she does. Super candid. Has had some killer interviews with some amazing wrestling talent. I'm just going to introduce her because there's no other way that I can introduce her other than that. Please welcome to Straight Talk Wrestling, Alicia Altut. How are you, madam? Hi, that was such a nice intro. Thank you so much for having me. I'm uh, I'm excited to be on. Well, we are. I am excited to have you. I know it's been back and forth. Our schedules have kind of never matched up, but you took the time for me today, and I definitely appreciate that. And I can't thank you enough for taking the time for a little podcaster like myself. This means the absolute world. Thank you for caring. I. When I first started interviewing, before the wrestling stuff, it was just music, and I started off with zero followers, and it was because a lot of people <laughs> took a chance on me, whether that be you know bigger wrestlers, bigger musicians, and uh, I always really appreciated that. And every time I saw you at a show, you were always so passionate about stuff, and I figured we'll just have a good time talking, and I'll be able to share this around, and hopefully uh, your fans will enjoy me, and my fans will discover a new podcast. So it's a nice win-win. It's an absolutely nice win-win. So the one question I always ask, that my standard question is, I know you started off with the music blog and stuff, but you don't just flip to wrestling overnight. So you must have been a fan from some time. And as far as I'm concerned in this world, everyone has that defining moment, that moment that they remember when they fell in love with wrestling. Do you remember your kind of moment where you fell in love with wrestling? Yeah. So when I was about uh, three or four is when I really got into wrestling because of my dad. So he'd you know, be hanging with his buds and I'd be chilling with them when I was little and I'd be watching wrestling. And I remember watching Mick Foley's Hell in a Cell match, the classic, but now 21 years ago. Yeah, 21 years back. And um, watching that with my dad and just thinking, holy crap, what what's this mayhem? Obviously, you have this four, four-year-old, five-year-old brain watching this match. And I just thought to myself, this is crazy. This is captivating. Like, I'm sure I wasn't using the word captivating at that age, but you get my gist. Um, <laughs> yeah, you're probably like, this is the most amazing thing I've ever it's seen. Like, <laughs> what am I watching? This man's hair is crazy. Why is he standing on the 
roof of this massive structure like what's going on and I just remember fully having his tooth in his nose and I was just that that hooked me that uh that really lured me in yeah that that's definitely a classic shot for sure when he smiles that that horrendous smile and he just got that tooth hanging out his <laughs> right you're like oh when I when you when you described it just now I just my skin started to crawl a little bit because I'm like oh what a, I remember that picture <laughs> it's a very very iconic moment for sure <laughs> So I'm assuming then as your interest grew and blossomed, you also, you know, gravitated to some particular wrestlers as your particular favorites. Did you have a particular favorite or two? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Growing up, I loved John Cena and I loved Chris Jericho. Those were always the two where I'd hang off every word that they said. I loved the way that they cut promos. I loved their attitude, the swagger they both had as individuals. Uh, Those were my favorite wrestlers growing up. Then as I got a little bit older, maybe like, when I was maybe 12-ish. And that's when I got super into uh, Cody Rhodes. And um, those were probably like my three favorite wrestlers when I was a kid. So, yeah. (laughs) Nice. And I don't think a lot of people, especially during that time period that you're speaking about, could really say that Cody Rhodes was a a favorite wrestler of theirs. And I don't mean that in a form of disrespect. I just mean how the WWE was kind of using him at that time. He wasn't, he was just kind of finding himself and they weren't giving him, like he's not the Cody we all know and respect and adore today. He was kind of finding himself in between those groups. So for you to gravitate to him that early, you saw it probably before a lot of other people did. You know what I mean? Yeah, he was just so good in the ring. Like I just love his moveset. And then obviously, later we got into the character of like dashing Cody that stuff I just thought it was so funny the fact that you can almost make light and make fun of yourself you know like having to protect the handsome face and it just it just as a kid I was like this is hilarious he can wrestle he's so good at being like a mean brat like it was just something I I loved watching (laughs) <laughs> the mean brat is a, a definite uh, perfect way to describe that particular character at that time <laughs> so you got into I guess as you got a little bit older you got into the music blog and then you gravitated towards the wrestling now who was uh, I, I've done my research but there's just there is a lot on you because you have done so many interviews and they're absolutely most of them are amazing my favorite ones personally are the ones you've done with Kenny the ones you've done with Kenny Omega, I can literally watch over and over again because he's so candid. You're so candid. And what I really notice is that when you're interviewing, like you could be interviewing the most biggest, meanest guy in the world. But when they start talking to you and how comfortable you make them, they all really seem to turn into teddy bears unless they're really trying hard to stay into character. You know what I mean? Yeah, I've definitely noticed that. I've had a lot of big guys on where you think, oh, gosh, you go into it thinking, I don't know how they're going to act. Like, how much do these people really buy into their own personas and their gimmicks? Then you sit down with them and it's just like you're hugging it out by the end of the interview. You're 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 sharing food. You're just chilling at the end. So um, that's definitely something that surprised me when I started doing more on the wrestling side, just how wonderful so many people really really are Uh, I I just love getting along with people it's my favorite part of the job is just meeting all these different characters so who was uh who was your very first wrestler that you interviewed the very first wrestling interview I ever did was about two and a half years ago with Cherry Bomb aka Allie she was the first wrestler um she happened to be at a local show very close to uh, where I am in Toronto and I reached out to her a day before the show which is something I just don't I don't do anymore but um it just kind of lined up and I reached out to her and she was so sweet and so understanding I just 
had to send her this blind email like, hi, I'm Alicia. I've been doing music interviews for a few years. They do really well. I'm transitioning to doing wrestling and would love to interview you. And she didn't even question it. She's like, oh, I love music. Let's do it. And it just blossomed from there. Uh, So she really took a chance on me. And obviously, she's grown a lot more since then, too. So it's really cool um, having her as my first interview and the fact that she said yes and it went so well. That definitely had a great factor in me wanting to do this going forward. So out of everybody you've interviewed, and you've interviewed so many big names and so many icons and so many hot button kind of wrestlers that are right now in the thick of things, like you've interviewed everybody from AEW, you are yourself affiliated with AEW, and that's like right now the hottest thing in pro wrestling. Like I'm a WWE guy, obviously you have passion for WWE, but it's kind of cool now to kind of see something new kind of coming to the fold, something new that's, you know, taking risks, if you will, kind of like right now, I'm not going to classify it, but it's kind of cliche to say it but like the baby baby sister or baby brother of the wrestling world kind of coming into its own and actually showing when indie guys have the money and have the backing what they can actually do and bring to the table that's exactly it i feel like they're bringing on all of these people that people have not heard about before obviously some of the names they're bringing in you know you know you know the moxley's and the sean spears um under other names but you you get my gist um but they're right there bringing in and signing all of these guys that I've been working indie shows with that sometimes don't get the credit or the notoriety that they deserve. And the fact that AEW is such a buzzing name and brand right now, and I believe that'll continue to be the way it is. uh, But the fact that a brand like that is entrusting and shining a spotlight on those lesser known talents, it's a very game changing thing happening in wrestling right now so I I think it's super cool what they're doing um I I can't speak negatively about it they're helping a lot of my friends and it's uh it's very positive over there and um obviously I mean having you know a Canadian powerhouse like yourself and a Canadian powerhouse like Sean Spears that means we might get a couple AEW dates in Canada right (laughs) yeah I actually saw I saw Spears tweet something a few days ago um, cause AEW were like, hey, where do you want the next cities to be? And Spears, I think, said, of course, you know that they want the Perfect 10 in Toronto. So who knows? Maybe they'll make their way out here. That would be super cool. I definitely wouldn't complain. Well, and uh, we don't only want to see Spears. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love him. I love what he's doing with his character now. But I also want to see the interview queen. I want to see what shenanigans she gets into backstage. Because <laughs> I, I got to be honest, my favorite part of um, the first pay-per-view that they did um, uh, double or nothing. My favorite part was that, and I think you and I discussed it when we ran into each other in Kingston was the, um, the interview that you kind of had set up with the ladies backstage and how there was all kinds of just literally shenanigans running around. And you sat there with the most calm, cool and collected face. Whereas that that was me. And these two ladies were ready to throw down in front of me. I would probably <laughs> be like, I'm going to step back. Cause a, I don't want to like get involved with this, but also B, I want to step back, buy some popcorn and put a seat right there and be like, Oh, ahead, ladies, you can just fight now. I'm good. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really fun for me doing the backstage bits. Like I was thankful enough to be brought on for Double or Nothing. And we're at the point now where we're kind of seeing what the future holds there. And it's uh, it's it's super exciting. The fact that I got to be a part of that one show, the, the very launching of such a unique and promising brand, uh, it meant so much to me. And the promos are just fun. Like you just get to do goofy stuff on camera with people that you really enjoy being around. So it's a, it's a great gig. 
Is it is it weird to see like you could be just like me right now backstage with somebody getting ready for the interview, just kind of shooting the shit, just, you know, how are you? How you been? How's the family? And the next thing you know, a producer walks by and says, OK, guys, we're live. Three, two, one. And then you see them like literally snap into that character. Is it still kind of weird for you to see that we transition? All, yeah, we all kind of snap into it because even though. I don't necessarily have like a persona as Alicia Toot as the backstage interviewer. It's more so me just, you know, heightened and more kind of on. Um, it's so funny when we're all just like, oh, okay. oh, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, we can totally talk about that later some more. La, la, la. Then it is like, all right, guys, let's go. Next thing you know, you're standing in front of the lights and you're all like ready to have the more toned voice for the spot. They're ready to get in gimmick. It's uh, it's super fun to and, and for you yourself you go into like right now your voice is very relaxed and comfortable we're just suiting it but i've heard you like uh you were at destiny a couple weeks ago uh and uh you were doing your announcer voice and it's just so weird to hear somebody as so tiny as you have this big like bellowing voice sometimes i like i sat in the second row and i'm like oh cool it's alicia that's awesome it's gonna be great she's gonna announce awesomely and then you went into the and it was like the this one this contest is ready for one fall and i was like wow it just i can't get over how like your voice really carries and that's not, please don't take it as an insult. It's just like when you see somebody so tiny like you and then this big bellowing voice, it's like, nah, I, I definitely know why she's in the wrestling business. There's no other, <laughs> could you imagine yourself just as like a, a manager at Starbucks or a barista with a voice like that? It'd be like, no, nah, you're wasting your talent. You got to find something else. You got to get out of this game. <laughs> Thank you. Um, one, I appreciate the fact that you like the voice and two, thanks for calling me tiny. I'll take, I'll take both of those. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's it's so cool for me. I love it. It's more so my voice, just more of the well, I can't roll R's, but if I could, it's kind of what I'm going for. It's more just the the growly tone to it. You're a little bit deeper, but not to the point where it's like phony or too much. You just have to amp it up and it's it's definitely fun for me to go out there, be the host, be the one that carries the show. Um I I love that job. It's it's definitely grown on me. At first, I was nervous. I wasn't comfortable doing it because it's something new. And I'm not going to lie to you and say, yeah, it was just natural from the start. Hey, hey. Like, that wasn't the case. But um, they gave me a platform to grow. And now it's just you show up, you see what's going to happen, and you just talk into the microphone. Like, it's really changed for me where I'm very comfortable in that job now. Have you ever met a, a fan at a show or maybe walking down the street, somebody not as, you know, as gracious or as passionate as myself, somebody that maybe might have been on a little bit of a negative side. And have you ever kind of had those situations where you've been, they've kind of thrown curveballs at you and you're like, okay, you know what? I, I get it. You know, at the end of the day, you have your opinions, but you don't know me. You just know what you've seen. Is there a, a way you kind of steamroll and handle that? Because it's got to be hard for you because sometimes not every fan is going to be embraceive. I mean, at the end of the day, this is the wrestling business and fans are the most honest and sometimes very, very judgmental in this business. Yeah, I've been very, very lucky where in person I haven't had anyone try to put me down, say anything negative, um, start anything with me. I don't know if that's because I have a very um, significant case of resting bitch face, uh, so you don't want to mess with me if that's the case. But um, I'm, I'm really thankful for the fans I've ha I have. Like I've never been at a show and it's not been positive, which I am so thankful for. But online, I get it constantly. All the time, people have stuff to say. They want to be douchebags. And it's to the point where, you know, I'm human. Some days I'm feeling a bit more down than others. Some days I'm super happy. And if it happens to be one of those more down days, I'll just quote retweet what they said, be sarcastic about it. My fans just jump on them. And the next thing you know, the account is either gone, 
uh, they delete the tweet, like they feel like crap. And I'm totally cool with that. So yeah, it's, it's, I don't let it get to me anymore. Yeah, I, I actually, your your Twitter feed is one of the, the feeds that I always kind of gravitate to right in the morning, you know, when you're checking social, seeing how things are going. I'll always be like, oh, what's going on with Alicia? And I noticed that that, that particular something along the lines of that happened a couple of days ago. This yeah. goof, goofball had a Donald Trump, you know, picture on his his, his picture. And he, he posted something about like, you were wearing this fantastic outfit and you look great in the photo. And he's like, oh, uh, did somebody just fart next to you? And you tweeted and you were like, yep. hmm, was this your try at trying to be a douchebag or... Or do you just not understand the terminology? And I was just like, damn, ouch. Like, if that was me, I would just be like, cool. I'm just going to go, like, delete my account and I'm going to screw off because I can't hang with that. I mean, there's a way to be sarcastic in a funny way. And then at the end of the day, you might get a retweet that's like, hey, you know, that statement was pretty funny. So I'm going to go ahead and retweet that. But if you try too hard, then you're just like, dude, then you're just you're, you're asking for people to jump on you. And then when they do, you can't be mad about it. No, I'm so open to people being funny, goofy. Like, if I actually got in the photo, I would have quote retweeted and been like, damn, he's right. Like, I am very uh, open when it comes to that stuff with my fans. Like, I've posted photographs. And sometimes, sometimes you meet someone, you take two pictures, and both of them you just don't look right. Like, you just look like a goof or you look a certain way. But I'll still post them. Like, I've never, I've never been that kind of person. So I don't mind when people are goofy and it's lighthearted. But once you turn that and I can tell you're trying to be negative and be a bit of a dick like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna take it I never say anything like super cruel back or anything because that's I'm not gonna become them but I will kind of be like hey bro no need to be be an ass and then people will just be mean for me so thanks fans <laughs> is it so that's another question I have because I'm starting to kind of get you know I'm not gonna say I'm near your status but I've been recognized at a few shows and I have fans kind of now asking me to take pictures and to me it's super surreal because I just started this as somebody who just genuinely loved the business and I still love the business but now I actually kind of get noticed here and there and when fans ask to take pictures they want to talk to me it's still kind I still kind of get taken back did you have you ever adjusted to that fully or is it still weird to say like oh my god I have fans like that's crazy it's so surreal for me um I I'm thankful for anyone who's even viewed a video of mine, yet alone has recognized me in person and wanted a photo, who's bought merch. Like, for you to take your hard-earned money and put it behind me, because my entire website and career, is, it's completely DIY. Um, the fact that people want to support me in that way, it's, it's baffling. I started this as a hobby. I just wanted to interview bands that I loved. Uh, without having to wait in the cold after shows in the Canadian winters and then that transitioned into wrestling and I just wanted to meet the people I've I've always admired and um, the fact that people support that dream and the fact that now I just aspire to be you know one of the best if not the best interviewers uh, hosts it's amazing I, I love anyone who's ever asked me for a picture or has shown their support in any way it's uh I just think like I'm this girl from Pickering Ontario who really is passionate about a couple things and it's just all been working out so yeah it's it's insane to me it's it's really crazy so out of all the wrestlers you've interviewed because you have interviewed so many and like I said my favorite ones my personal favorite ones are the ones you've done with with Kenny Omega but 
is there anybody that you interviewed and you were like, you know, you may have heard things through the grapevine that they might have been a little standoffish or a little, you know, they don't have a great personality. But then when you get there, because you have that way, like I said, of making people feel totally comfortable, that you kind of heard, oh, this guy's very monotone or this girl's very blah. And then you get there, but it's completely different to what you kind of heard through the grapevine. And obviously, I know you're not going to be one to be like, oh, well, oh, great. Now I don't want to, maybe I don't want to do this one or I'm not going to put my full effort. But has there ever been a situation where somebody said, oh, you're interviewing that person? Yeah. Yeah, they're really hard to get, you know, get comfortable. And then you do it and it's not what you expected at all. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of who a couple of those may be. I remember when I had my Jake the Snake interview, um, a lot of people were like, yeah, he's like a real hard ass and he's like a real tough guy. Same with Vampiro. And um, I had watched interviews of theirs and so many of them were just extremely, extremely serious. Like most of Vampiro's um, people focused on his past and his tattoos and a lot of the relations that he had in that, you know, that regard. And then when it came to Jake, the snake, a lot of it was about his addiction and the downfall and the recovery. So I saw them in such a serious light and that's all I ever really heard. So when I sat down with uh, both of them, it was individually, but when I sat down with each of them, they were just so friendly. Every time I see Jake, he's like, Oh, Hey, how have you been Alicia? So great to see you. And I feel like we, we talked about barbecue and it was just, it was just so cool seeing like, Oh wow. He's more than that serious guy in the promos who looked like he would murder you. Like it was really cool. And vamp I see at shows and he's always so, so warm and friendly. And um, as you said, it's kind of like the, the teddy bear thing. So those were a couple where I went into them like, Oh gosh, I really hope that this goes well. And they're like some of my favorite interviews. So. And is yeah. there, is there ever an interview where you like, you went in with super high hopes and it was the opposite. It was a complete 180 of what you went into hoping that was not going to be so serious and it turned out to be exactly so exactly serious. Um, not really, honestly. No, I, kind of I, I was going to say that either. So, no, <laughs> I've watched yeah, most yeah. of your interviews and nope. <laughs> it's kind of like I, I go in with questions to steer the conversation where I don't want it to be like boring and serious and like the same stuff they're always asked. So you know, if I come in prepared, which I always do, and I, I get to dictate and be the host and keep things on track, then I, I don't really find there's a way for them to be boring because my goal is to make that person laugh and love the questions and like have a really good 10 to 15 minutes. So I've been lucky in that sense. And the ones that I want to be more serious, I go in with that tone. Like I did an interview with Tenille Dashwood and I wanted to talk about her psoriasis and some of the stuff she's been going through because she also wanted to discuss it. So it's like, you know, there's that mutual thing where neither of us are bored or whatever. We're just having an actual serious topic about something we want to share. So there's a that fine line and difference. But yeah, I've been lucky. None of them have been real duds. So thanks, thanks, guests. <laughs> <laughs> and that and that again is is a shine through or a kudo tip of the hat to you and how you conduct your interviews and how fantastic they are. Like I I've shown my daughter. She's nine years old. Uh, I've shown her a couple of your interviews and she just, she's over the moon because she's got, I mean, if you want to pass this along, she's got a serious crush on the young bucks, both of them. She thinks they are like <laughs> the cutest guys in the world. So if you want to slide that their way and just say, Hey, there's a fan, young fan in Toronto who thinks you guys are like, you know, people magazine, sexiest man of the year. She, they, she would definitely appreciate that. <laughs> oh my God. And she's only nine and that, that just makes my head kind of swirl. Cause I'm like, Oh my God, she's oh, nine. Wow. She's already finding guys kind of cute or adorable. And I'm like, Oh, I'm not ready for this. I don't have enough shotguns. I don't have enough rocket launchers. I don't have enough protection to keep her away from all these guys. So it's very, 
Very nerve-wracking. But in terms of, you know, your career thus far and everything that you've done and how, you know, you are a definite beacon of literally uh, where I myself one day hope to be at your level. But in terms of anybody out there, like any any young fan that we may have listening that wants to kind of steer themselves the same way in the same direction of your career, but kind of DIY, do it themselves, and you know, get there on their own, what would be the one piece of advice you might be able to give to that young girl or boy? Go out there and network. You're going to be doing a lot of crap that you don't want to do. Uh, as far as super late nights, doing tons of research, uh, maybe even schmoozing with people and being in places at times you don't necessarily want to be. Um, and I'm just being extremely honest. Um, there were times when I was a teenager doing music where I was out five nights a week interviewing three bands a day at some crappy little club with like 20 to 40 people in it just because I was trying to fine tune my craft and get content. So there are going to be times where it's harder and you feel like giving up, but just hustle, network, connect with the right people and be genuine. Like every time I was, I've been with people, I haven't been phony. I talk to you the same way I talk to my sister, the same way I talk to my best friend. Just don't, don't be phony. And, uh, love what you're doing. That makes it the easiest part. It doesn't feel like a job. And um, that's where the passion comes from. And that passion leads to people seeing your passion. And then that kind of leads to jobs. So yeah, that's kind of a bunch of random stuff. And I ranted, but uh, just love what you're doing. Be genuine and connect with people. Those are kind of the keys that I've found have really helped. No, I think that's that's a great piece of advice. And that's kind of what myself I'm trying to do right now. I'm going to as many indie shows as I can, getting my hands in as many different pots as I can, scouting out the talent, doing the research, and trying to make sure that I go into these interviews prepared. I don't want to be that guy that's like, hmm, uh, oh, where are my notes? Uh, so, Alicia, this is my next question. But no, I, it's got to be on point. It's got to be you know engaging, and it's got to be fun. And this is fun for me, and it translates through you. Every time I see you on screen or I see you at a show, I never see you without a smile. And that's huge for a wrestling fan because if they know you love it as much as they do, they gravitate to wanting you back so much more. And I think that's where the connection comes from you because you always have a smile on your face. Thank you. Except those moments when you have that resting bis face, which I've been blessed enough not to see, and I hope never to see. (laughs) You're good. We'll probably be seeing each other more at shows. You'll you'll see it. It's not even intentional. I'll literally be like so happy inside, and then as soon as like the smile doesn't hit my face. You know, my, sometimes my emotions and my, my mouth don't communicate. So, <laughs> but, um, just if I look like that, doesn't mean I'm not happy. It's just my default. Yeah, I get it. I have a default too. I have the, uh, I need coffee face that usually goes all the time. It could be three o'clock in the afternoon. I've had four cups and people are like, dude, you still look like you're tired. I have two small children. One is nine. One is three. They're crazy. Are you kidding me? Of course I'm always tired. I have no other time, but to chase them around, do my podcast and go to work. I don't have time for anything else. <laughs> it's definitely hard fitting everything in. Um, a lot of people think, oh, yeah, it's like just interviews. And it's like that, that is my sole job. But there's so much stuff just in, in life going on outside of that. So it's, uh, yeah, it, it's a lot. But if you're doing what you enjoy, you make everything work. Well, and that was see how see how great I am. I just I segued right into that because that was my next question. Personal life, family time. 
uh, how do you balance those? And also, especially considering that you yourself are dating someone in the business. How do you guys find the time to connect? Because your schedules might be different. You might be in, I don't know, Atlanta or Vegas. And he might be in, you know, uh, Edmonton. Or he might be in New York. And your family is, you know, back home here, Pickering. How do you find the time to kind of connect and, and do everything? I mean, technology, yes, it definitely helps. Skype. Uh, phone calls, FaceTime, it's all at our fingertips, but it's still, it's not the same. It's not that human connection, right? So how do you yourself balance all that with your family and your, your relationship to make it all kind of connect? Yeah, just on, on all fronts and all relationships, whether it's friendships, family, uh, just, just for all of it, it's more so I treat it like most people have a nine to five where they don't see their family because they're working. Uh, mine almost feels like a 24 seven because I'll wake up, do all my social media stuff, email, then I have to maybe format stuff, go through photography, um, book upcoming shows, communicate with people who are booking me for upcoming shows. And, um, it just doesn't stop. You're, you're always on your phone. You're always trying to hustle, always trying to do stuff. And when you're not doing that stuff, you're traveling. So uh, it is hard to balance. Um, the people in your life have to be understanding and support what you do. Because in the end, I feel like with a lot of people, I mean, I'm doing this job because I love it. And because in the end, like with anyone, you, you want to like hopefully be financially sound and be able to settle down and um, live a happy life. So it, it's hard to balance. But as you mentioned, through texting and calls and FaceTime, um, people understand and they have their jobs. I have mine when I'm out they understand why when they are, I completely understand why. So it's one of those things where you just balance it out. And once everyone happens to be at the right place at the right time, you get to spend like really great time together. And um, it's, you know, that's, that's what it's all about. That's at the end of the day, what, what makes me happiest. So it's no, a lot. And that's, and that's, that's take a breath. <laughs> yeah. And that's it. And that's a great, that's a great answer. And I guess my final question, cause I know you got somewhere else to be, so I won't keep you my absolute final question when you're not, doing an interview or interviewing a band or a wrestler or going to a show. What does Alicia Altoot do on her downtime? What's the one favorite thing that you love to do that maybe the world does not know about? And we're breaking news right now on straight talk wrestling. I love spending time with my loved ones, my dog watching horror films, playing video games, watching horrible reality TV shows where I just laugh at the people due to how dumb they are. Um, <laughs> I just, <laughs> I like to relax and not focus on work. I try to put my phone down for like a little bit and just uh, chill out really. It's nothing crazy, but it's just taking that break away and kind of decompressing a little bit. See, I thought you were going to say something like, I'd like to, I really like to grab a slice of bologna, throw it on a frying pan, and I just love to eat fried bologna. But your answer was cool too. I appreciate, I accept it. It was cool. It was cool. It was fine. I appreciate no, I, it. I definitely go for like some bacon. Lately I'm on a, today I just bought Cinnabons. So like my night, I'm not, I'm not working tonight after I like, as you mentioned, I have something else to do. And then once I finally like come home from that, I'm literally just going to chill on my couch, watch Catfish and eat a Cinnabon and that is like that is the perfect night to me <laughs> actually it sounds really good now you got me craving Cinnabons damn it all right yeah, um, I walked by the store and was just like oh it drew me in <laughs> <laughs> all right my last question just because you mentioned horror movies and I myself am a horror movie freak what's your ultimate yeah. favorite horror movie all time just give me one um, 
my sister and I love Sinister. That movie scared the crap out of me. And I don't like kids in movies. Like any movie where kids are singing or they're creepy, they just weird me out. Like I'm not a kid's person. So Sinister, that movie was really scary. All right, cool. I, 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 I myself, like you, I mean, I love kids. I have two daughters of my own. I live and breathe for them. I die for them. But uh, for me, my all-time favorite horror movie, I have two. Halloween and Nightmare on Elm Street, the original. Oh, okay, so like, yeah, two two fairly, very well-known classics right there. <laughs> yeah, iconic, yes, for sure. I have the whole collections. I have Michael Myers, four different masks. Oh, it's crazy. Next time you're in town, I'll have to bring them or we'll have to get together and I'll show you all the stuff I got. It's pretty cool. <laughs> All right, Alicia, thank you so much for taking the time out. I know you got to go, so I don't want to keep you, but I do want to let you know. I want to take this time out to let you know that you are now officially a member of the Straight Talk family. Anytime you're bored or anytime you got some free time and you want to chat with your new favorite podcaster, you just shoot me a text or you send me an email and say, George, you free? I'll run downstairs. I don't care if I got a spoon in my mouth because I'm eating dinner and we'll do this all again. I have no problem with that. I, I absolutely adored this interview. It was fantastic. And you are just, you are so amazing. You are such a genuinely great person. And I'm glad and honored to know you and appreciate you taking the time out today. Thank you. Thank you so much. Hopefully I see you at a show again soon and we can shoot the breeze some more. I really appreciate you taking interest and just caring about what I'm up to. So thank you. Thank you to everyone listening. And uh, yeah. I'm going to enjoy a Cinnabon soon. <laughs> All right. So you go do your thing. I won't keep you. And we will definitely talk soon. And again, thank you so much. And don't forget, you are officially a member of the Straight Talk family, okay? Woo-hoo. All right. You take care. Enjoy the rest of your night. Same with you. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, guys. That was Alicia Altoot. That was absolutely fantastic. She's such a genuinely great person. I'm so honored that she was able to give me a half an hour of her time today. This has just been absolutely amazing. I know it's not, you know the longest episode that I've ever had, but it definitely was one of the most relaxed and fun-filled interviews that I've done thus far. And I'm going to keep it going. The sky is the limit. And um, yeah, I just want to take the time out. And again, thank Lee Shell too for taking the time to be on my show. And thank you to everybody that's listening and any new listeners that have gained off this interview. Thank you so much for tuning in. Stay tuning in, stay strong, support me, support what I'm doing, support Straight Talk Wrestling. Got merch on sale, ProWrestlingTees.com, which you'll hear at the end of the episode. And anything, I want to let you guys know, anything that I sell goes right back in the podcast, trying to come up with new designs, better equipment, always changing, always evolving, always getting better. As always, I'm your host, George Rakai. Thank you so much for listening. And tune in next week because you know it's going to be another good one. I want to tell you, but I'm not going to. Peace out, guys. Thank you for listening. Tune in next week for another episode on Spreaker, Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and iHeartRadio. Also follow us on Facebook at Straight Talk Wrestling, on Instagram at Straight Talk Wrestling, and on Twitter at underscore Straight Talk. And for all our merchandise, you can search us on ProWrestlingTees.com. get pizza, bread twists, specialty chicken, and more for just $5.99 each. Is it at Domino's? He hands off hand-tossed pizza and a marble cookie brownie. He's going, going, go! There's a lot of variety on the radio and at Domino's, too, where you can...
two item minimum pan piece of bone and wings and bread bowls will be extra ask for this limited time offer prices participation delivery area and charges may vary how do you keep your family healthy this season when it feels like everyone around you is getting sick i use sambacol it's drug free and scientifically tested to help support your immunity sambacol has the power of black elderberry in every purple bottle it comes in tablets syrup chewables or my kids favorite the great tasting gummies so this cold and flu season support your family's immunity with sambacol black elderberry it's the only one i trust for my family and best of all my kids love it too